You're listening to the Garden City Church Podcast. We just want to say thanks so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy what you hear today, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. If you want to support what Garden City is doing, you can go to GardenCityNW.com slash give or click on give in the show notes. Let's dive into this week's message together. We are continuing on in our I Am series, addressing the different descriptor statements Jesus used. John wrote his gospel to make the case of why Jesus is worth believing in and records seven things Jesus says about himself throughout the book of John. We are continuing on in our I Am series, addressing the different descriptor statements Jesus used. John wrote his gospel to make the case of why Jesus is worth believing in and records seven things Jesus says about himself throughout the book of John. Today, we'll focus on Jesus as the bread of life. A big question addressed throughout the biblical story is who is God? Who is He in Scripture? And who is He in our struggles, heartbreak, growth, purpose, and disappointment? The answer to this begins with knowing His name. I want to paint a picture before jumping into the text. The miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 just happened, a moment where Jesus miraculously transforms five bread loaves and two fish into more than enough bread and fish for 5,000 people. Following this, Jesus withdrew to a mountain to be by himself, and later, as the disciples were caught in rough waters, Jesus miraculously walked on water to the disciples. We pick up on the next day after these miracles occurred. The crowd from the day before had found Jesus, and this is a conversation that followed. They found him on the other side of the lake. They asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, What I'm about to tell you is true. You are not looking for me because you saw the signs I did. You are looking for me because you ate the loaves until you were full. Do not work for food that spoils. Work for food that lasts forever. That is the food the Son of Man will give you. For God the Father has put His seal of approval on Him. Then they asked Him, What does God want from us? What works does He want us to do? Jesus answered, God's work is to believe in the one He has sent. Now let's pause for a moment. Their work isn't to earn or provide their own food. Their work is to trust Jesus to provide for them. All of the provision in our life and for our eternal life is a gift from God. Now let's continue on. So they asked him, what signs will you give us? What will you do so we can see it and believe you? Long ago, our people ate the manna in the desert. It is written in scripture, the Lord gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, what I'm about to tell you is true. It is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven. It is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. The bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven. He gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus had just met the crowd's tangible need through the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus acknowledges that the crowd wants food and provision, and he is more interested in heart transformation that ultimately will make them look more like him. In this cultural moment, can this statement from Jesus of whoever comes to him will never be hungry be true? 
Can we experience our souls so satisfied we no longer hunger or thirst? And what does this look like when we're, we experience loss or are asking, where was God when I needed Him as the bread of life? Our time together aims to move through what Jesus meant when He said, I am the bread of life, and what that means for us today by first feasting on the bread of life, then trusting to find nourishment, and finding Jesus within our longings and desires. Jesus invites us to feast and encourages us not to work for food that spoils, but work for food that lasts. As I've reflected on what Jesus as the bread of life means for me, I found comfort in casting a vision for the promise of the feast of Jesus. I found that feasting here in this messy life comes from Jesus' personal presence. When we see God as He really is, the bread of life, then we discover that our hunger is ultimately pointing us to Him. So many of our hearts are starving in obligation and exhaustion from the fast pace of life or unacknowledged desires limiting our hearts. Jesus wants us to be free to feast on His presence and ignite a curiosity to see His touch on our lives. It is possible to get caught up in the wonder and beauty of a God who doesn't necessarily answer the prayer or heal in the way I'd like Him to, and yet opens my eyes to how He is more than enough. We can feed and feast on the good news of Jesus. The invitation is to feast and be full. What would happen if our communities, workplaces, families, and social groups saw the difference in us as we lived satisfied and nourished in a world that is hungry? My guess is that they would want to be part of that feast. Have you ever wondered what heaven is going to be like? With the picture Jesus offers, it is likely not a church service that never ends. It's a feast that never ends. It's a banquet table where we are all invited and the food never runs out and we never get too full for another taste. This is the fulfillment of the bread of life. And Jesus has promised that when he returns and sets a heavenly feast, it is going to satisfy us for all eternity. To feast on the bread of life, we must trust Jesus for nourishment. Later in John's gospel, we find a story of a blind man that Jesus encounters and heals. I work with babies and toddlers who are blind and visually impaired as a home visitor. In my own job as a visual impairment specialist, I can come up with ways to compensate for vision loss, such as a literacy medium of Braille or a cane used as a mobility device. Jesus provides such full healing that we find ourselves fully satisfied and don't have to compensate on our own. Sometimes this comes through the fulfilled longing itself, such as sight for the blind. Most often, in my opinion, this fulfillment comes through Jesus taking the place of what we once put in front of Him and Him becoming more than enough. Getting the gift of sight was an incredible gift, though my guess is that it is incomparable to the blind man encountering Jesus. When we come to a place of trust that Jesus can provide nourishment in our spiritual, emotional, or physical starvation, his presence is what satisfies. When the crowd asked Jesus, what does God want us to do? He responded by saying, believe in the one he has sent. We have to trust even when life is heavy to hold. We have an invitation to shift our perspective from what desperation, from what the world can offer to desperation for true bread, the presence of Jesus. Within the biblical story, 
the Israelites went on a wilderness journey, a time of testing where they learned to trust God through relying on His provision and surrender of the control of providing for themselves. When they tried to hold on to bread from heaven, it rotted. And the Israelites believed Moses was the bread giver, though he was just a representation of God the Father. When I am not feasting on the bread of life, that is when I also live from a scarcity mindset and a belief that God won't provide. As I continue navigating through this messy life as a broken human, I'm learning it is when my soul is starving, Jesus really is all I need. For me, this nourishment from Jesus looks like noticing moments of beauty around me, like a sunset and thanking Jesus for it, or moments of stillness to be with Jesus, and allowing lament and praise from the Psalms to become my own prayers. Take courage that in the valley you're descending into, coming up from, or already in, there is still sustenance for the soul from the bread of life that comes in the form of trust. This all sounds incredible, but how do we get this fulfillment? Jesus says it's a gift, the bread of life, a gift that comes down. The Jesus I know often just says, ask. Lastly, the invitation is to find Jesus within our longings and desires. I found my greatest struggle to fully rely on the bread of life has come in the form of unmet longing and desire. It has been through naming my longing and desire, then learning how my desires ultimately point to Jesus, has led me to nourishment in Jesus alone. A misconception of Christian culture is the need to repress or silence our desires. Often we do this by being fearful of the power of our desire, that if we really knew how deep the desire goes, we may find the desire can't be met. Following Jesus is not a repression of desire. It is God's whole purpose to fulfill our desires and longings in Him, a deeper satisfaction than we could ever know apart from Him. So many of us may have unacknowledged desires, so we go through life hungry and consuming what is not beneficial for our souls. From addictions to social media, entertainment, alcohol, fitness, unhealthy relationships with food, and more— We are trying to fill the part of us we might not even know is empty. Jesus addresses our misdirection of what doesn't actually satisfy when responding to the crowd. He says, do not work for food that spoils. How can we be content with Jesus when we desire purpose and yet find ourselves with a soul-sucking job? Or those who desire children and find themselves with fertility challenges? Or those who desire marriage and find themselves single? or those who desire healing and find themselves with a body or mind that won't cooperate. For many of us, much of the grief we experience in life is from unmet longing. We grieve the loss of things we have had and even the loss of things before we even had them. While reading Dr. Kurt Thompson's book, The Soul of Desire, I had a revelation that I will always be longing for more. The Spirit of God opened my eyes to realize that this deep longing within me is ultimately the longing to be with Jesus. Acknowledging my own unmet desires positioned me to realize it really is all about the desire to be with my Savior. Jesus' words from over 2,000 years ago are an invitation to find our desires directing us toward Jesus to ultimately fulfill and nourish our souls. As a visual impairment specialist, when I meet a new family on my caseload before our therapy begins, we have a meeting to create goals and a service plan. One of the first questions typically asked to these families is what do you want your child to do in the next six months? 
Sometimes the response is for the child to crawl or say the word more or play with toys more functionally. One of the more unique examples I experienced was a family whose goal was for their child to activate a blender with a switch-adapted device. Whatever the caregiver shares is their answer. This is what drives each therapy home visit. Similarly to desires for therapy goals, each of us have longings and desires that lead us and drive us in our daily lives. The invitation is to look within our desire and find Jesus at the core of our longing. Can you imagine the beauty and wonder that would transform our longings when we turn our gaze to recognize Jesus' presence within our circumstances so that we no longer hunger or thirst? Who is God and how can we know Him here? Here in the thick and everyday worry we're carrying and the questions we don't understand and the desires and longings that have been named and unmet, we start by knowing His name, the bread of life, the one who can ultimately satisfy our souls. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments about today's message or would like to contact Garden City Church, reach out at info at GardenCityNW.com or click contact in our show notes. Garden City services are made possible by your generosity. Your generosity is love in action. Have a great week and we'll see you next time.